Quick, wait for a second. I'll be you, you be me. Sex dreams. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bug and a Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And we have a special guest once again. Jack. And we are here to tell you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it, we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time will tell. You know what I just realized? What? He can say anything. Yeah. He can say Jim Bob. And I'd be like, oh, yes. they brought on Jim Bob. Jim <laughs> Bob. Fantastic. Sounds a lot like that Jack guy that was on here earlier, <laughs> but who's to say? They can't see our faces. Nobody knows what I look like. How do they know you're not me? That's a lot. Wait. <laughs> what? You have taken over a spot as host? Yeah. Okay, what's the story about then? Got it. Don't look look at my notes, you cheater. I should make you sit over there by Whitney. There's no room. (laughs) There's no room. Oh my goodness. I did that for a reason. There's no... I don't want anybody near me. I need lots of space to process... I need lots of space to process the information that comes at me. That's true. And today, I'm not going to lie, we have a bit of a weird one. As opposed to... Well, well, I mean, I feel like some teeter more on weird than others. The last one was weird, I guess. Like, are we talking... Ooh, weird. Are we talking like, that was buck wild? (laughs) I don't know what your definition of buck wild is. What did your tummy Um, tell you? This one... (laughs) That was an MTV show. Buck wild, was it? I met one of those people. They ran track for... Sure. Uh, oh, was it was it a West Virginia show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. It okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember. I never watched it, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not Wild and Out. That's a different. That is way that's different. That's the exact that's... opposite, probably. Daddy, Daddy Nick Cannon and his eighty-seven <laughs> children. Daddy, oh my <laughs> God. That's, yeah, Did you have told three me this. Kids born this year. Yeah, or you said something or like crazy. In the last year? Yeah. Something wild, all by different people. Well, obviously. Well, I guess if it was like triplets, it wouldn't be that weird. <laughs> Are you Googling it? Not Daddy Nick Cannon. I'm not <laughs> Googling that. Buck Wild. Jack's absolutely right. Really? That's what it was called? Yeah, what else would you call it? it a reality TV show based in West Virginia. What else would you call it? Not that. Buck yeah, Wild. Like for a Buck story. Wild and Wonderful. They should have added that. <gasps> that was pretty good. How do I get on that show? It's gone. gone. Nope. That guy died. Who? Nick Cannon. That's not true. One of the guys on the show. Okay, I was like, there wasn't a host on that, right? It was just teens running around. He's doing mud and I shouldn't make fun of that. But he, like, got his car stuck in mud. Like, ATV? No, and he just, like, slept in it. But he slept with it on. He got carbon oxide poisoning. Oh, that's sad. That's really sad. He got stuck in the mud. And we should do a story on that. That's not a hundred percent. It's like eighty-five. Is that? Can you hear that? If you probably if you hear that in the background, that is the 
Is it a fire alarm or cicada? Cicada. I hope that's not it's a, a fire alarm. <laughs> anyway, great ambiance. It's been 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> they returned. Anyway, that, oh, and it stopped. Interesting. I, I called and it listened. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to find a segue throughout all of this, and the only one that I found is, speaking of information that's not all there, because there's not, sources disagree on the story that I'm about to tell you a lot. Are you trying to tell me you did a, you did a story where scientists and experts have yet to agree? I've yet to agree. I'm, this is absolutely it. Spit outside our wheelhouse. So I had, I went on, I, I wasn't feeling very inspired, I'm not gonna lie. So I went on. Google. I went on the Goog machine. Google? And I Googled like crazy stories that not a lot of people have heard about. On the Michael Google? Right. So this led me to Reddit and one of the subreddits that was like, I don't remember the name, but it was like, what's your go to like crazy dark story that like you. That nobody knows about, that nobody's heard of. So this user <laughs> named Broken Down and Busted mm-hmm. posted five years ago about the story of Sylvester Matushka. Have you guys heard? Don't read ahead. I see your eyeballs. Keep your eyeballs to yourself. I was trying to read the pronunciation. Sylvester Matushka, M-A-T-U-S-C-H-K-A. Matushka? Yeah. Where did he hail from? He was... Thought to have been born on January 29th, 1892, in the Hungarian village of Kazantayar? C S A N T A Y A R. Sansvar. Sure. It's, San, no, that Sansvar is a place. Sansvar. Sansvar. There we go. It's near the Yugoslavian border. If anybody is from Hungary and can pronounce this name for me, I'm pretty sure. I think it is Sansvar. Sansvar? Well, I don't mean the town i meant his last name oh no, matushka got, sure sure i think it's, it's like right. babushka Babush. Babush. <laughs> grandma yeah like an old lady, old lady. the babushka lady i thought that that was a you're leaving yes. already yes. <laughs> he's like he's like this is such poor pronunciation I that i have to babushka. leave this is ridiculous. <laughs> you said the magic word. You said babushka. It's not <laughs> called babushka. I must leave. Are you going to drink a water? Yep. Can you give me one? Was that Dinah? What? I heard meow. Maybe. Did you pause it? No. And we're back after much debate. We don't know what the village was called. Anyway, cut, print, check the gate, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> check the gate, moving on. <laughs> So Matushka's childhood was quite normal, except for one instance where he later recalls that as a teenager, he went to a carnival hypnotist who left him obsessed with train wrecks and afflicted him with a bossy spirit named Leo. Okay, wait. No more details. (laughs) This comes up later. (laughs) I want to stop and just... Backpedal a smidge. Yeah. He went to a hypnotist. Allegedly. At a carnival. Allegedly. I'm picturing one of those games where it's a, like a salt, it's like a genie. Yeah. You gotta put a quarter those in. Those are fortune tellers. Like, those aren't hey, hypnotists. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Same thing. And he pushed the button and the fortune came out and it said, 
hey, you're a you train love wreck. trains. You're a train wreck? <laughs> I don't think so. And he just loosely interpreted that as... Hey, listen. He is a train wreck. Do mm. not get me wrong. <laughs> I can tell because he's on our podcast. So, wait, <laughs> so the real... The, for real, real, though. Went to a carnival hypnotist. He said... They said... They hypnotized him, supposedly, and then... To be obsessed with train Yes. Wrecks. Yes. And... To be afflicted with a bossy, he, to be possessed? No, like the spirit follows him, follows him around. Leo. Yes. Yes. Now, this may have happened in his teenage years, but this occurrence did not hinder his life. Um, as he went on to attend a university where he was studying to either be a teacher or a mechanical engineer, most likely, most people say a mechanical engineer. Now, there is a disagreement among sources on whether he actually obtained his degree because his education was interrupted by World War One. And Leo. It won't. No, <laughs> Leo didn't really do much. Leo really didn't do much. Um, but, but Leo and Matushka went to World War I, served in World War One. He served in the Austro-Hungarian Army as an explosive expert. I also saw that he was a junior officer, and one source said that he was a lieutenant. So details are sketchy at that. I did have to text Jack when World War One ended. Armistice thing. Because I tried to Google it. Before. And I didn't. World War Two. Thank you, but World War Two also comes up, and so I was a little yeah, confused on the timeline. That was in the 1940s. The 11th sure. day of the 11th hour, the 11th month. That was World War One. Yeah. Huh. That doesn't tell me what year it was in. <laughs> 1918. Oh, that's what I needed, yeah. So, details of Matushka's... I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing his name this time, but... details. Sylvester. Um, so, oh, that's true. Details of Sylvester's life... I mean, other than that he served in the army, there wasn't much there until 1919, when it was detailed that he moved from Budapest to Vienna. He got married, and then he started a business all in the same year. Ooh, by 19 yeah by 1930 he owned interests in several businesses and was a director of a construction building supply company now anyone who knew sylvester thought he was a very respectable man not only was he outward outwardly successful in their eyes but he also had a lovely family who he was devoted to when he wasn't working or spoiling his daughter gabby by buying her train sets he was playing chess at a local cafe or serving on the local parish council. Daddy, daddy, bring me home a doll. Well, I bet there was this nice was train this right nice next train to set. <laughs> You're going to appreciate trains. <laughs> Just like I do. Just like I do. This is my life, not yours, papa. Because Leo <laughs> says. That's your dream, not mine. <laughs> now, although his life seemed blissful, there are sources that might prove otherwise. Allegedly, Sylvester was overextended financially, which led him to swindle some of his associates in 1927, but he was cleared of all charges, so details surrounding this are slim. Paid him off. And, yeah, mm-hmm. so we're not really sure exactly what happened. Leo took the money. I know exactly what happened. <laughs> Daddy, why do you keep naming all of my trains Leo? Leo. <laughs> A 1932 Literary Digest article stated that he was, quote, openly a good citizen, but he was secretly given to debauchery. So. Mm. Sneaky Pete. 
Now, this so-called debauchery began to turn quite violent in December of 1930. Sylvester spent the holidays with his family back in his native village, but instead of opening presents or having dinner with his family on Christmas Eve, he was wandering the nearby railway tracks. Now, according to Literary Digest, once again, it was at this time that, quote, he began to dream of the trains and in the manner of vicious little boys who wished to see an accident, he wished to be present at some catastrophe. When you were a little boy, did you dream of watching a terrible accident happen? Were you violent I, at a young age? <laughs> I don't think we often classify it as that. We like to see stuff smashed. Yeah, I like right. to see people die. Yeah, okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But like, Monster trucks. WWE. W- yeah, people getting thrown off. Football, I guess. General, yeah. Please. It could be considered football. No. <laughs> Wait. No, we did soccer. Wait, we. Um, I don't know. Just, when I was little, I just had a, like, there's plenty of videos that exist that even Finn watches now that are like, trucks and it's just, <laughs> you literally just like hours long of just like random, like CCTV video of just like, Construction. <laughs> big big trucks, yeah. yeah. Demolition, it's yeah. It's I got a big you. hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that makes sense. That trucks. makes sense. Wrecking balls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I got you. So days later on New Year's Eve, he loosened some bolts of a section of rail to train tracks near the small town of Ashbeck, Austria. After leaving a note at the scene proclaiming, "Quote assault, revolution, victory." He hid behind some bushes to wait for the next train to come by. When the express appeared and roared over the tampered rails without even slowing down, Sylvester left the scene crying tears of frustration. How big was the note? Well, the loose (laughs) bolts and the note were discovered the next day by very confused railway workers because, like, Nothing had happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is this? One more time. Read it to me. Read the note one more time. Assault, revolution, victory. Can we make t-shirts? <laughs> no one. No, this guy's crazy. Crayola. There's, there's some big words mm-hmm. for like, just to be like. I want to see a train, train go boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like that's like I want to start a war. Yeah. Not like. Man, trains Man. just can't handle them. Trains be crazy. <laughs> train smash. Right. Well, this is why, like, that that's part of the reason why everyone was confused. Because they're like, this seems like something big, but also, like, three screws were undone. Like, that's not going to... These are screws he, still yeah. on top of a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> he had a couple screws undone. <laughs> True. Now, Sylvester was not completely disheartened by his failed attempt at derailing a train because he tried again on January 30th, 1931. This time, he placed a steel rail across the tracks. This was slightly too obvious, though, because the engineer spotted the obstruction and was able to to avoid a major accident by either slowing down significantly, so like when he hit it, it didn't really do much, or he completely stopped the train. They removed the metal and then he kept going okay several questions yes how big was this steel or how fast was this train going that it was able to slow down in time well and that's why like it it didn't necessarily stop completely but it was so obvious 
Because it was just on the top of the tracks. Yeah. So obviously, if you're going a straightaway from far away, you're going to be like, mm-hmm. okay, that's weird. I'm going to slow down. And the train was big enough. And I think, I don't know. I think it was just like a small piece of metal, like a bar or something. And the train just was kind of. When was the first one? I'm sorry. New Year's Eve. Oh. Yeah. Just kidding. So just, yeah. Christmas Eve is when he was wandering the railroad tracks. Mm -hmm. New Year's Eve, he was his first attempt. Mm -hmm. January 30th was his second attempt. Now, no one was hurt. Um, Obviously, there was no accident really at all. Um, and Sylvester went home unsatisfied once again. Sylvester was hurt. His heart was, yes. Now, after some brainstorming, Sylvester decided to change tactics. Sylvester went on to purchase an old quarry that was abandoned and obtain a permit to buy explosives. With these, Sylvester dedicated most of his time to the study, practice, and experimentation of different ways to set up and detonate his supplies. After months of this... He decided it was time to, you know, for to put his plan into action. That's my Corey story. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so Sylvester targeted the Basel Berlin Express on August 8th, 1931, near the town of Jutenborg. He planted explosives along a viaduct that the train would be traveling across, then once again found a place to hide nearby. As the train began its journey, the explosives, the explosives went off, plunging the engine, diner, and seven cars 30 feet down into a ravine. 109 people were injured, but thankfully no one was killed. Oof. That's pretty far. Yeah, 30 feet. Police were puzzled when they arrived on the scene, finding a defaced copy of the newspaper Der Angriff, um, which is the mouthpiece of the Nazi Party's Berlin Regional Office. They found this, like, a little ways away. So this led them to believe it was a political attack of some kind. Um, The slaying of two police officers two days later was thought to be connected, Mm. and this led to an offer of 100,000 Reinsmarks for information of the perpetrator. So, what did I pronounce that right? What? Okay. The third third right. right. I say all this to say that Sylvester essentially got away with it because they didn't think it was him just a dude who wants to destroy train right right exactly what are you looking up well i was trying to think of for some reason my mind kept saying oh like he's an exhibitionist but that's not what that is that's somebody who just like flashes people basically (laughs) it's not not even close really so i'm sorry now sylvester was obviously happy with his work but it wasn't quite enough so he tried again on september 13th earlier in the day numerous sticks of dynamite were placed in a brown fiber suitcase that was then placed on another viaduct chosen by sylvester did he pick it or did leo who's to say at this point in time they are one they are one they are legion we are legion (laughs) now as the budapest vienna express was crossing a viaduct between bia and torb in Hungary? Sure. Sure. A bomb detonated shortly before midnight. The engine and six coaches fell more than 75 feet um, while several cars caught on fire. Somewhere between 20 and 30 people died and 120 were injured in the wreck. Several seriously, seriously injured. Now, Sylvester witnessed the entire event running towards the resulting rubble right after. 
Police stated that he posed as a survivor and worked side by side with rescuers in their attempt to reach those who were trapped. Reporters even took his statement down as he gave a remarkably coherent account of the incident. What in the criminal minds is this? (laughs) What in the criminal minds is this? Acting like you're part of the scene of the crime. Right, right. Well, unfortunately for him and what happens to many criminals, I guess, this is what kind of got him in trouble. Now, after the situation had settled, police became suspicious of Sylvester for several reasons. One is that when he came and claimed to be a survivor, he said that he was in a train car where all other passengers had perished. Like, he would have been the lone survivor in that train car and basically got out unscathed and everybody else had died. Didn't look dirty enough. Right. Well, people were like, that's kind of weird, but okay. Some sources state that a detective found his name on a list of recent explosive purchasers soon after looking at the list of survivors and, you know, people in the train wreck to see if there were any connections. Mm -hmm. Some claim that Sylvester allegedly sued the railroad itself for his quote-unquote lost luggage, and that tipped police off because they were like... He never had a ticket. But also, like, you survived, like, a horrendous train crash, and that's what... You're worried about your lost luggage and not suing them for, like almost killing you if that's true what part of your fantasy is i caused an explosion i pretended to be a survivor and you i'm gonna take it a step further and (laughs) sue them for lost luggage listen i don't know but one last tip that apparently police got was um that some sources claim that police had found evidence that sylvester had an organ or organism and <laughs> orgasm at the instant of the explosion but this is like speculation at best because some people say there is evidence but this has supposedly been lost to time what kind of what kind of um apparently what? they took his pants what? in for like when they were suspicious of him Hey, you look suspicious. Take your pants off. What? (laughs) He had, like, semen on his pants. He wouldn't wash them. They'd be a souvenir. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I don't know. Details are scant. (laughs) Scant. (laughs) Wrong word. (laughs) Questions? Concerns? (laughs) You're reading ahead. I'm not reading ahead. I'm just... He's trying to piece it together. Yeah. Brainstorm. This I'm all this all that. could have been true. <laughs> not into what? My, me telling this story or just no. <laughs> he's train, not train wreck. He's not nearly as turned on <laughs> as Sylvester was. Me neither, quite frankly. I don't see what he saw in that. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't. I can't relate. We're not. Wait, we're not kink shaming. I am. <laughs> He's, he's trying to kill people in explosions so he can get anybody. off. He's just trying to. He wasn't good enough when people were just. We're de- you're defending him? And you know what's happening? He doesn't want to the train. He just wants to f the train. He doesn't want to f the train. Wait, he doesn't want to f the train. Is that what you're saying? He doesn't want to f the train. He's into some BDSM. With trains? <laughs> then ties. It, that would, to me, would be like ties someone to the railroad tracks, right? That's that wouldn't be like explode a train. There has to be a thing where you're like turned on by objects and also where you're turned on by explosions. I mean, people and we're just have definitely like 
cars before. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people have, like, married their cars. You're yeah, wrong. right. I think I'm going to start very specific and work my way out. <laughs> what did you just Google? Basically, I'm like, I'm intrigued. I Googled, first of all, I spelled it wrong. I spelled sequel attraction to train explosions, and I got mechanophilia involving sexual attraction to machines such as bicycles, bicycles motor vehicles, that, helicopters, that could have been what he had. Et cetera. Sure, and trains. But then, okay, but then what's to. Explosions? What do you like? Explosions. Yeah. Pyrophilia. Okay, so he had a combination. Mechopyrophilia. Pyromechopyrophilia. Sure. Well, no matter what he had, he was eventually caught on October 10th, 1931, and he quickly confessed to everything. I don't know why you're laughing at that sentence. Right, I was going to say he was caught much earlier. <laughs> Um, uh, well, I don't suspected. know when I don't know when the pants came thing happened. It could have been when he was caught and they took it for DNA evidence. But the, the pants came, DNA the pants came thing happened when the training started. <laughs> well, well, yes, that's true. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna move right past this. Our parents listen to the show, and we're we're educating them on mechanopyrophilia or pyromechanophilia. So it's fine. Scientists and experts have yet to determine which word sounds better. Right. Now, he was first tried and convicted in Austria for the his first two unsuccessful attempts at derailing trains. He was then extradited to Hungary on condition that he would not be executed, like no matter the outcome. Mm-hmm. At the trial, he gave quite the show. The London Daily Express wrote that he was, quote, grinning widely with staring eyes, protruding tongue, bowed bodies and bent knees sylvester resembled an ape while the new york times printed how he quote wept shouted knelt before the court and muttered to himself of spirits which he said inspired the deeds these spirits specifically being leo whom as you might recall he's said to have been tormented by ever since the encounter with the carnival hypnotist but also at one point he said that he was sent by god to do this. How old was your boy when this happened? 1931. He was born in 1892. Yeah, so 40. 30. Yeah. 40? Too old to be having his first psychotic break. I'm supposed to say 39. I think. Well, <laughs> well. I mean, it might have been slightly after. I don't know what the date was. Now, the story of being urged by spirits to destroy the trains was followed by several other attempts to reason his way out of trouble. At one point, Sylvester claimed that he was trying to liberate the world by teaching people the nature and purpose of punishment. This could explain his note that it's, you know, assault revolution victory and Uh. the Nazi magazine, essentially, that he dropped at the scene. Could explain that. So finally, he claimed to have invented an elaborate set of improved train signals powered by a turbine and that the wrecks were ways of capturing the attention of the obtuse railway executives. These plans were never found, by the way. I'm showing you how my work would fix it. Yeah. Without... Screwing yours. By... Yeah. Killing people? I don't know. I showed you how very flawed I am. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Well, according to police, 
Sylvester told them, quote, I have to wreck trains because now it's the only way I can find fulfillment. Orgasm. Before and during his trial, psychological studies done on him came to find that this might be true when they allegedly discovered that his primary motive was sexual. So yeah, he was trying to find sexual gratification. Mechopyrophilia. There we go. German psychiatrist Theodore Reich later described Sylvester as, quote, a highly pathological individual who found sexual gratification in explosions and other catastrophes. Like, there has to be... Well, this is a very specific... How many people... Wait. <laughs> so don't ask. How many people do you know? <laughs> if you have this strange... <laughs> don't... I don't Don't kink shame. I don't want to know. Now, most thought that this was, like, a significant discovery in the trial, fearing that he... <gasps> Symphorophilia. Symphorophilia, S-Y-M-P-H-O-R-O-P-H-I-L-I-A, is a special form of sacrificial paraphilia or perversion involve- involving sexual attraction to staging and watching a disaster. Oh, there you go. What is it called again? Symphorophilia. Symphorophilia. So... So this is basically what the psychiatrists and psychologists found, that he had this issue. And so a lot of people feared that he would continue to do this if he was given leniency, right? So he was asked at the trial if he had plans in the future for doing this again. And he replied, quote, yes, when I have completed my 30 years of prison, which awaits me, I shall be 70 and I shall blow up newspapers to combat atheism. Thou shalt. <laughs> <laughs> so he had, he had issues. He, this was like a thing that he could not get over. Apparently, is, wait. Now we're am I reading, uh, now we're okay, saying he has I'll wait issues, and then say what I was going to say. Yeah, hold on. I'm almost done. So eventually, Sylvester was found guilty. Obviously, hmm. he was sentenced to six years for the two unsuccessful attempts, which which he served in Austria. Um, he was then sentenced to death for the murder of those who lost their lives um, in his last train um, explosion. But this was changed to life imprisonment, as agreed with Austria. Sylvester reportedly served some time in jail, but then escaped from jail in Vac, Hungary, sometime in 1945. This is believed due to witnesses stating that he served as an explosives expert during the latter stages of World War II. Rumors then spread that he appeared on the communist side in the Korean War and then was captured by Americans. But in the end, the fate of the train wrecker Sylvester Matushka is unknown. Literally nobody knows what happened to him after he escaped jail. That was just going to say, send him to war, and then he'd be all excited. Right. Well, I read something somewhere, and I couldn't find it again, um, that he, there was another rumor that he was recruited to go to World War II because of, because of his knowledge I feel of like explosions. the Nazis so, loved this guy. I don't know. I don't, did he fight for the Nazis? You, you said can't. that. No, I didn't. No, what is he just In he was let out and thought to be in World War II as an explosive expert. It doesn't say what side. side. For the Nazis, I've decided. (laughs) (laughs) You said that. I didn't say that. I don't know who... Listen, I don't know who he was fighting for. Details are scant. (laughs) Who hired this guy? It's... Hey, it's to catch a thief, right? (laughs) Now, um, he... His reputation um, has been 
uh, honored in a way in several pop culture references. I wouldn't say honored, but... If you say criminal mind. No, no. In 1983, uh, a Hungarian-German movie titled Viaduct was based on this case. Um, I think it was also called The Train Killer. I think it's the same movie. It just came out in English. Yeah. Now, in 1993, Sylvester became the subject of an art installation by Belgian artist Danny Devos. And I have a link down to a picture of that art installation if you are curious. But the thing... It's just all jizz on trains. Jizz on... It's just... (laughs) It's pictures of people wanking it on trains. With a train explosion in the background. Oh my god, that's terrible. I'm so sorry I put that into the universe. Whatever. Anyway, you're going to love this because in 1990, the band Lard wrote a song titled Sylvester Machuska. And it is kind of like a heavy metal vibe. Grunge. I tried to listen to it. It was a little bit scary, so Mm -hmm. I didn't finish it. But I do have the lyrics here if you would like me to read them. Please. Okay. One night, buried nugget of the dark history of the darkest side of man. Austria, 1931, Hungarian hero, World War I. Businessman, family man, idealist, or just plain mad? To him, life must be a smash. He blew up trestles and railroad tracks so he could masturbate while watching train wrecks. It's a message from God. It's a message from God. It's a message from God. It is my duty. Dynamite, end of the line. Screeching metal, injured cries. Bombs explode up through my spine. I squeeze, I pump, I spread. (laughs) Six years, Vienna jail, shipped to Hungary, then in World War II, released because the army needs experts for demolition teams. Some say that's how he died. Was he in Korea? No one knows. Have any trains wiped out near a nursing home in your town? It is a message from God. Those with eyes shall see. Those with ears shall hear. A prophecy to the enemy. The world shall belong to the children. I've done my duty. So all you sexually totalitarian born again and blue nosy horny toads, remember this. No matter how many books you ban, no matter how many records you burn, the seeds of fertile fetishes are planted at an early age. And somewhere out there, someone amongst you may at this very moment lust for derailing trains. Blue nosed horny toad? Listen, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Google it. You can Google it. I, I, I have also linked to the genius lyrics which you can play the song on there. So if you're interested in the song. Oh, I'm interested. Are there train sounds in the background? I don't, I don't Missed recall. Missed opportunity. Running <laughs> trains. Anyway. I think they really captured the spirit of Moaning Sister. trains? What does that sound like? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what I thought, but I must have blacked out because I didn't want to hear it. Anyway, I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> I didn't want to hear that. That is the end of my story. Do you think this story will keep you guys up at night, or do you think you will go to sleep? This night is a bug and a rug. Definitely keep you. <laughs> Why would I be bothered? <laughs> I did text Jack to convince him to come be on the podcast. I lured him, lured, lured, lured him in lured. by saying, want to be on the podcast about a guy who jerks off to train wrecks he causes? And Jack said, uh, sure. Is it weird to be intrigued by that statement? I said, no, that's the point. That is the point. <laughs> that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for. Not the death, because that's terrible. No, he's a horrible person. He was a, he's crazy. He had, he was mentally unstable. Yeah. And did not get help. No. 
And everybody's like, oh, but he's a good family guy. No. Good family man. Idealist? <laughs> One more time. What is it? Uh, assault. Revolution. Revolution. Victory. 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 Why do I want to say revenge? That's not it. Assault. Revolution. Victory. Blue Nose Horny Toad. I don't know why that is the line out of this whole song that you... Because I don't remember him saying that. So you like you thing. didn't you didn't th- keep in your mind that I squeeze, I pump, I spread. <laughs> I want to know what cadence that's set in, because I don't think it's what you just said. I read it very quickly, because I wanted to get it over with. Anyway. We should change the theme song to our podcast. No! Oh my god, no! If you think we should change the theme song to our podcast to whatever the hell that song is called, please list. I... Good story. Thank you. Good job. I hate it! <laughs> but you picked a Buck Wild one. Buck Wild. This one, hey, you asked me. Buck Wild. It's... I, I feel like... It's like a dark story. Like, it's sad. Like, he tried to... I mean, he didn't... He's he's considered, like, a really bad, like, mass murderer, obviously, because he derailed trains. Um, but it's weird because he only... He only, like, exploded two trains. Successfully. Successfully, right? But also, like, the circumstances of why he did it and, like... His reasoning behind, like, the carnival hypnotist and him, like, masturbating and everything just makes it weird and uncomfortable. Hey, he only did two successfully, but practice makes better. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Whatever gets you on. What? Hmm? <laughs> what? Uh, so whatever gets you on. <laughs> no! Apparently, no, I am king-shaming. I am king-shaming. Train explosions. If you have this, Don't just set up model trains and yeah. explode them. Make sure you get all your daughters, nieces, trains, trains for Christmas. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I'm going to get you guys trains That's what I was for Christmas. Say. We're going to all get each other trains for right, Christmas. I don't want whatever's on you. <laughs> I'm going to make it scary. you. We're going to make them sticky just to make you think about it. I'm ending the podcast. Now, if you want to see photos, you can visit our Facebook. Buggerug. <laughs> Photos of who's the exhibitionist now? Man. Oh my god, I can't. You can also visit our Instagram and Twitter at BIAR Podcast. I can't do this anymore. All of your story. All of my sources will think? be at bugginarug.podbean.com. I thought this was a good story, but man, you guys are really, I'm glad. I've really made a good one. How did you think we were going to react? Quick, wait for a second. I'll be you, you be me. Sex trains. (laughs) (laughs) I'm you. You have to react. (laughs) Am I missing an inside joke? What? I said, how did you expect? <laughs> There's like more to the story. But I can't get past it. How did you expect us to react? Is what I said. And then I said, okay, quick, I'll be you, you be me. You reacted. And then I just yelled, sex trains. 
Like you would know what I was talking about. Oh my god. <laughs> I cried. But why did you do this to us? Did you laugh at all when you wrote this? Or did she just go, I didn't. Oh, I, this is I, up. I <laughs> it was more of a, it was kind of in between and more oh, of a man. like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Don't beat off the train wrecks. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah, kids, you heard him. Comment, email us if you thought this story was as funny as what Winnie and Dragon thought it was. Or if you didn't. Or if you didn't. That's fine. Anyway, signing off, I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Jack. Bye. Sleep tight.